Beautiful weather today. Did you go hiking, it, uh, Chris? I did yesterday. I figured that. Yeah. I was like, this looks like a white hiking day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are live. Are we? We're streaming, we're live, but we're going to tell you when to start. Oh, good. I'm glad because I don't want to use the wrong word. <laughs> I didn't know we were live. But, but uh, it looked like a nice hiking day yesterday. And I'm not surprised you went hiking. How many miles? You know, I didn't, I didn't track it, actually, but it uh-huh. was... Normally, I do a pretty casual one, but this one was very, very steep, a lot of uphill stuff. Uh, a lot of people were falling around me. Uh, <laughs> I'm more experienced, though, so yeah. I didn't fall. Um, but it was warm. Uh, it was nice. Yeah. It was more of a medium, I would say, compared to the easier ones that I normally do. Amazing. Did you work out in it? Yesterday? Yes. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, it was a nice day for it. How was your show yesterday? I, can, I didn't get a chance to hear it. It did? Anybody here? How was it? It was good. I only stuck around for a little bit. Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to our YouTube ch- chat line. And hate will let me know, and I can respond to your questions and comments. Thank you for your support. I absolutely appreciate it. We got a lot to do, and we're getting it done. So thank you. And thank you all for coming. Good morning. Anybody here the first time? Oh, nice. What's your name, and how did you hear about us? My name is Michael. Uh, I don't remember when I heard about it, but it's been a while. So I just came in from Wisconsin yesterday. So Oh, you did? Yeah, just getting some sunshine. Well, you came in a nice time, man. I think so, yeah. It had been cold and rainy before, so it seemed to be coming back to California weather now. Thank God. Yeah, I was minus 14 when I left, so. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. That's amazing. Um any questions about anything? Okay. Well, welcome. Thank you. Yes. And your name and how do you hear about us? Yeah, I'm John from uh, visiting up in the Bay Area, and um, I, I'm not sure how I heard either, but I've just been aware of it and wanted to take the chance to visit. Right on. Thanks for coming, John. No problem. Thank you. Any questions on anything? No, I'm really excited to, to, to see. Nice. Okay. Um any questions from anybody? You had a life this week, you realized something about yourself or anything? Nobody had a life. No, you, you had no realities about yourself or nothing? Huh? Are you saying yes? Yeah. Oh, right here. Somebody had a life this week and then just wait to be taught. I, I was at, in, uh, I did a photo shoot yesterday. And I uh, went to Santa Monica, Venice, and then I went to Burbank and went to 
a master engineer studio and started mastering my album. So it's like a big like step for me. Right on. And man. real happy about how it's sounding. I was like not expecting at all what I was going in for and it was pretty cool. It's it's a relief because I worked so hard on this album, and now I get to just like sit back and relax and just watch somebody else just put like the finishing touches on it. Right on. So I wish you well with that. Thank you. Thank I, you. I heard about it, so right. I definitely wish you well. Yeah, yeah. When once it's done, you'll definitely get to hear it. Okay, nice. Yeah. Do you think society will ever change? Yes, I think society changes all the time. Do you think it'll ever change for the good? Um. I believe that it it's constantly changing for the good, but also changing for the bad at the same time. So it's a constant like tug of war between good and evil. But I, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where we eradicate evil completely. And so, but you do think society will change at some point for the good? Yeah, but it, it could also change for the bad or maybe change for the good and then change for the bad again. It's always going to go back and forth, I think. Like it's, it's going to get go better. It's going to get better, but it's going to get worse before it gets better, and then it could get worse after it gets better. I think <laughs> it's always changing, you know. But I think people are getting smarter. In There's, what way? Uh, they're starting to recognize the patterns of history and not and trying not to repeat like the mistakes of the past. I see. Has there ever been a time when society was good? Uh, not a hundred percent good, but I think there was a time where things were better than they are now. Right. Yeah. And so if that was a time we were better than it is now, what made you think it's going to get good, become good at any point? Um, I think it's like the information age and we're communicating on the, the internet. The more information people get to dominate. Yeah, the more but violent that's true. They become but I think everything. it's it's just the, it's more how fast the information gets out there. And then, yeah, it's not always good information. You know, some people are getting dumber. Uh, but then, yeah, there's some people that are coming up with more creative ways of, you know, not intellectually, but creatively, you know, changing things, you know, technology and uh, capitalism and business and how we can make money from home now and all that. So I think uh, in, in that regards with technology and all that, I think things have a potential to get much, much better or much, much worse. Because oh, okay. technology can also enslave us. They show you how to make money from home, but then they steal the money. Yeah. On the line while they're showing you. Yeah, that's a problem. So that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, there's always good things and bad th- bad things that will come with the good. Oh, okay. You know, it's never going to be perfect, but we got to just appreciate, you know, the good things that we have, I guess. All right. Yeah. How do you see society? Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know how you see it? A lot of stuff I don't know. I just... How old are you? Uh, 25. You here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you look out at the world, what do you see? I just, or do you ever look at the world and say, like, what's going on here? I mean, I see it. I don't really have an opinion. I don't know. I can't okay. judge it. You can't judge the world? I mean, can you see what's going on without judging it? Yeah. And what do you see? I just see life and... It just unfolds. Okay. And whatever happens, happens. Do you think society ever would be good? I don't know. I don't know what good and bad is like that. Oh, okay. Can't really. <laughs> Amazing. How's your life going? Uh, it's actually going pretty well. 
it's going well. Yeah, I mean, it's not as <laughs> uh, well as I want it to be, but I'm making the steps to get there, obviously. It's not as well as you want it to be. Actually, no, I take that back. It's just I know it's going to take a little time to... Not everything happens at once, so I'm just patient with it, kind of. Even sometimes when I'm like, oh, my God, this and that, I'm like, you're being impatient. <laughs> say what now? I say, like, sometimes when I'm being impatient, I have to remind myself that I'm being impatient and not everything is when I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Do you feel shy right now speaking? No. I don't know why. I've been here before. I'm just yeah. like, I don't know if I'm nervous or I'm cold. I can't really tell. <laughs> I think I might just be a little cold. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. It, it was cold in the building this morning. A little bit. But... Yeah. Any questions? Uh, not right now. Okay. But did you go and forgive your mother? Yes. How did that go? Uh, she she uh, accepted it and had a little emotion. She went out. She accepted it and was actually thankful for it and had a little emotion, but it went well. What, when you say emotion, she started crying. Yeah. <laughs> what was she crying for? I, I don't know. There's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And how about your father? Uh, yeah, I told him, but he had no reaction. Nice. He was just like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. okay. Yeah. Nice. Good, yes, man. Sir. Um, do you think society will ever um, change for the good? I hope. I can have hope. But do you think it will? Ain't that much hope in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um I can't say either way. I just hope that it would, but... You can't say if you know that it will change for the good or not? No. I can't say if it will or if it never will. Oh, uh, and why can't you say? Um, because how, how, I see, how I see society, it's like erratic. It's everywhere. Yeah. So I can't, I know that it being erratic that I'll say, no, I don't see hope for it. Or I don't see it being able to change for the better. But I'm not God, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and if society doesn't change, how will you deal with it? The same way I deal with it now. How's that? Uh, uh, just go out in the world, just do right and just uh, no different than I'm doing right now. Just keep going. That's it. Okay. Yeah, nothing will change with me. Amazing. Interesting. Do you think, this young lady right here, do you think society will ever change for the good? Yes. And why? Because I think more people are starting to like wake up in a sense. More people waking up? Yeah. Interesting. And you think that that's going to make society change, that will cause society to change for the good? I think it's already starting. Oh, okay. Are you nervous? Always. Always? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's making you nervous right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking. <laughs> talking? Yeah. What is Satan telling you about talking right now? I don't know. I don't really listen to him. You know, listen to him? No. But he's making you nervous. That's true. That's so you true. are listening. I guess in some way. 
<laughs> he's like, everybody listen to you. They're all going to be looking at you. It's just not something I'm used to, so I'm right. trying to get used to it, yeah. Oh, good. So you do think society will change for the good? Yes, it, oh. I think so. Oh, okay. Maybe not everybody. I think the it can it'll get worse in some aspects, but I think others it'll get better. So. Has society ever been good any time in history? I'm not a history major, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. I kind of just know. How old are you? I'm 27. Since being on Earth, has it been good? Maybe. I don't know. I just kind of know my experience. Right. Okay. TJ, you think society will ever be good? Will ever change for the good? Will it be good or will it change for the good? Will it ever change for the good? I don't know. You never thought about it? No, I haven't. When you look out in the world now, you're out and about and you hear the news and you're paying attention to things. How do you see society? Well, not good. In what way? I think it's extremely worldly. Um, Since I moved to L.A., I've noticed it's like a lot more worldly than anywhere else I've ever been. But I remind myself that that's not all of the country, you know. It's good somewhere in the country. I think God is good, and so I, I think. Ain't about God, boy. <laughs> so I think. Do you think society is good somewhere in this in this country? Inherently, no. What do you mean by that? Like, I think society is of man, and not of God. And and that means what? That means that society is not of God, so it can't be good. Anybody? Oh, okay. You pay attention to that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Because young people don't tend to pay attention to what's going on. Irma, do you think society will ever change for the good? Uh, I'm not sure. You're not sure? Mm-hmm. You ever, you, have you ever looked around and, and wondered, will society ever change for the good? Look at this uh, mess. I mean, I look around and see what's <laughs> going on. I don't know if I thought about whether it would change for the good or not. But I, it definitely seems like things are getting worse, you know, um, overall. Have things that ever been getting good? Say it again. Do you know of any time in history where things were getting good in society? We're getting good? Yeah, becoming yeah, I would say good. probably in the uh, 50s and 60s, probably in the 50s. Fifties and what? Probably in the fifties. What? Fifties. Oh, in the fifties. Yeah, because you know things were being, you had progress being made that were that was making people's lives better, and you know things were, things were seemed to be getting better, improving overall for mankind. Okay. Yeah. Can you give me an example if you can think of I one? I mean, like I know, for example, someone asked you off the you know, bat. Like, yeah. I'm sorry? The automobile, the industrial revolution, right? All the stuff that was going on with the industries that was making people's lives better, right? Which right. started before the 50s, but I think it kind of hit kind of hit a peak in the 50s or whatever. Um, so, I mean, there were things that were happening, medicine, whatever, things that were improving people's lives overall. And I think people were more decent back then uh, than they are today. Right. 
I wish they had never come up with the idea of a car. Why? We were better off with horse and buggies because we couldn't go that far, you know. <laughs> we couldn't travel around the world, and that way you didn't get all, all this mess. It looked like things got worse. But I'm just wondering, and I have a reason for asking, anybody think that society would never get better? Okay? And why you say it would never get better? Good, I'm glad to see people. Why you say it would never get better, Raymond? The price to pay to make it better is simply too great for our sinful nature to deal with. And what price is that? That, that pri- uh, price is humility. Interesting. Okay. Uh, you say you don't believe it ever right here. So because Why not? evil exists, it's going to always exist. Times were, I'm, I love vintage stuff, so I do believe that times in the 50s and 60s, life was better. People were more respectful. But I think with innovation, like what he was saying, technology, things are just getting a lot worse. Okay. There's no more human contact, and things are just evil. They're always going to be evil. So how will you deal with it if it doesn't get better? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. I don't know how to deal with it right now. You, t- you don't know how? I do not, no. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. A lot of people don't. I do not, no. And so you're just hanging in there? Um, the best I could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to just hang in there? At times it is. Yeah. Yeah. And what, if, uh, without going personal, what's hard about hanging in there um, at times? For example, being angry, right? Uh, I know you talk a lot about being angry yeah. and how if your anger, if I'm sorry, if you have anger, you're evil, right? But how can you not be angry at a process that's unjust? If you see so much injustice in the world, how can you not be angry about that? But I think it's just how you convey that anger out, right? How you convey the message, right? You don't have to be angry and eradicate. But I think, I don't think that makes... I, I don't know. How can you not? I'm angry because of certain things that happened. I think life was better when Trump was in office. Things life were better. better? I think so. So life was better for you? You didn't have much anxiety and overreacting when Trump was in no, office? No, I didn't. Oh, no. And why not? Because I felt like he's a, an actual protector of the country, and I love my country. But people were yelling at you about him. They were, but it, it didn't bother me because... Oh. At that time, it did. why did it bother you, and why does it bother now? Because people are so quick to come and jump you and kick your butt. You mean fight with you? Yeah, you, I almost got beat up. You were in a fight? No, I don't fight. I mean, I'll fight back. Someone no, wanted to attack you? No, they attacked me. Someone? Oh yeah, recently? Like two years ago. Oh. Right uh, as Trump left. Oh okay. The presidency. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. I saw another hand. Oh. Yes. You you believe that society will never get better? Yes. And why do you believe that? I mean, the human heart is wicked, so we're society. So, I just and like the second story in the Bible, a brother literally kills his brother. Like we've always been bad. <laughs> I know right you know, away. Yeah, because he wouldn't give the his first like crops to the Lord, and then God's like, "Why are you downcast? If you do what is right." Um, like, you wouldn't have to worry about this. So how will you deal with society if it doesn't change for the good? How will you handle that? 
So, like, being present is obviously really helpful. It's so funny, right, with the biblical question. I was just pondering it all week, and I'm on the freeway, right? And there's a guy in front of me, and then it seems that they, like, box me in, right? Satan literally tells me, they're boxing you in, so you can't go. And I'm like, that is crazy that Satan just told me that. And, like, it's just incredible because he'll, like, keep coming up with things. Yeah. But if you remain present and you're not, like, really here, you're just, like, in the world but not of it, you know? Bible, but um, I think that's so helpful because you're not evil, but evil does work through you. You're just a cup that God fills or someone else is going to fill. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think society will ever change for the good? And then I'll tell why I'm asking this. When you first asked the question, I was thinking, I don't, I don't know. But um, now I kind of believe that it will and I say that because in all through history, if you kind of look back, there was hard times and good times. You know, there was evil societies and, and decent societies, however they got When made. did they have a decent society? Because I, mean, I looked for it and I couldn't find it. Well. <laughs> really, I've been really looking. I've been paying a little bit. I have this chatter that I watch on. History, it's not a history channel, some channel. And I'm trying to figure out when was it good. What about when America was made? I mean... It was a mess then. Right, it was a mess, but decent people stood up and did something about it right. and made something of it. And the difference is that a lot of people are... There's a lot of cowards nowadays. If you think about it, most people are walking around with masks on outside, and they'll be the only one on the street. They'll be in their car <laughs> with the windows rolled up, a mask and a, that clear thing that they wear. I mean, I saw a guy in the car yesterday. He was driving. It was a bright, sunshiny day. Nobody in the car but him. I'm like, man, take that mask off. What the? <laughs> are you afraid of you? <laughs> yeah, like he's going to cough on himself. What the? But there was a time when men went to war and D-Day for instance they go to I forget somewhere in France I don't I don't know exactly Normandy. Normandy. Normandy these guys are getting off out of boats onto the onto the shore and being shot right almost immediately and then the other boats that are coming behind them they see this right but they still get off the boats to go fight we got people walking well, around with masks fight? on, afraid to even get out of their house. I know. Yeah. If the government, if the government were to say to the people, "I would just plan," <laughs> <laughs> we it was a test. We really didn't mean it. There was never any violence. We were just joking to see how y'all were at. Y'all can take the mask off. Never worry about it. It was a joke. Some people still wouldn't believe it. Yeah. They would not, and they yell at you if you didn't take yours off. Yeah. They're like, did you hear the government say they were playing? Was, I don't believe that. Yeah, people are afraid. People are afraid, but then so there's was, some people that are not afraid. And they're, you know, they're doing things. They're, yeah. Florida, for instance. The governor of Florida, for instance. Um, I heard Tennessee is very similar. And there's a couple <laughs> other states that are, you know, living not pretending that all this... So you do think that society will change for the good? I do. You I do. do. 
amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> How about you? Do you think society would change for the good? Good morning, Jesse. Good morning. I believe that perhaps a lot of bad can, is still going to happen before before good. So you say you believe more got to happen, bad things, and then good will finally happen? Yeah. I think the more people stand up and, like a lot of people were saying, be brave, stand up, be the light in the darkness. I think the more we do that, I believe it could become good, but not before. Because so many bad things are, people are trying to normalize a lot of bad, a lot of evil. Yeah. So I think as long as people go around asleep, these things will be normalized. But if brave people continue to speak up and stand up. How will you handle that? Because it will get worse for sure. How will you live with that? How will you handle that? I will continue to put my faith in God. You will. As I do today, as I do every day. And what does that do for you? It, I, I'm at peace. I'm, I'm okay. Oh, okay. I'm okay with chaos, you know, being around and me being okay and not listening to, like, the evil thoughts or whatever. I mean, I was just at a burger stand, and I said, I'm not going to wear my mask. I'm outside. I can order outside. I'm not going to wear it. And I was treated so poorly by <laughs> the employees there. I mean, they almost threw my food at me. Because they were so mad that I didn't wear a mask. Wow. But there was, a, there was a lot of students. It was after school. And they saw me not wearing my mask. And they took theirs off. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not. I'm going to stand up. I'm, I'm going to be the light that the darkness fears. Amazing. And I'm here by myself without my daughter today. So, you know, that's a huge step for me. Yeah. So oh, yeah. You look like you're on your own right now. Yes, I am. I've never <laughs> seen you without your daughter. I know. Whoa. Well, I've been here a couple times without her. Oh, you have? Yes. Oh, okay. You feel safe I without her? I guess I did at oh, okay. one point, but um, I, I know I'm going to be fine. I really enjoyed your message um, last Sunday about not listening to the thoughts. And, you know, like um, every time I have the microphone, I get really nervous. Are you nervous right now? Yes. Well, kind of. Because I'm trying to not listen to those yeah. evil thoughts. Right on. How you said, no one cares. No one cares how you're speaking. No one cares how yeah. you look. No, no. And, and if I they do this, their issue, not yours. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm, I'm really trying to, to take that and, and hold on to it. Yeah. So, nice. Yes. Good. Taking that step. Um, before I say what I see, you know. In society, I gotta ask this: Anybody ever uh, been in despair before? You've been in despair. Have you seen hands of the people? You've been in despair before. Oh, uh, let me see again. I didn't see over here. Interesting. And and and, and the rest of you have never been in despair. Those who didn't raise their hand. You know what despair means, right? Am I asking the question right, James? Been in despair. Um, let me see the hands again. What's despair? Yeah, you you never had it, and if you don't know what it is, 
<laughs> you never been in despair? I don't think I've been in despair. Uh, I know I've been in despair. Wait for the mic. This is so good. <laughs> right. uh, You've yeah. been in despair before? I think so, yeah. I, w- I was in a pretty bad motorcycle wreck a few years ago in San Francisco, and... Uh, yeah, that's it. Ties into this question for me because uh, you know I think the society question is something that's out there, and I think it it change comes inside out. And you know I had this crappy thing happen to me, and I didn't know what was my future. And um, and uh, you know I just like a choice was presented to me. You know either I'm gonna be sad and get caught up in the changes and all these the money and all the crap and drugs and whatever because and the person who did this and all that, or I just live my life in the best way possible. And so, you know, here I am. So I think in spite of despair, I think it's a choice, and and I think it ties into this question, you know. It's, it's, what if we did all despair change ourselves, feel like when you were in it? Um, dark, and I was hallucinating, and, um, you know, I don't know what... Um, Yeah, I didn't know what it meant for the rest of my life, like feeling like, you know, uh, you know, I'd never be the same or, um, you'd never be the same. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like I need to think about some of these uh, thoughts a little bit more, but, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it was just a choice. So how did you, did you overcome it? Despair? Yeah. I mean, I'm here right now. So, you know, I feel good. So did this happen recently or something? The beginning of 2019. Oh, okay, yeah. and and so during the 2019, you went into despair when this thing happened. How yeah, did you stages, overcome it? I just kept moving. What you do know, you mean by like that? Literally, like I was in a wheelchair for a while, and then I was on crutches, and then I was in the gym, and then I had more surgeries, and then I was back on crutches. And but I just kept moving. And and that's how you overcame despair. Yeah, I think for me, like being physical is a big part of just, you know. Like literally keeping moving. And have you have you experienced it again since that time? Despair. Yeah, with the COVID crap, you know, it, it made it put you in a state of despair. Yeah, I mean, I hugged my cousin. Um, you and, hugged uh, your cousin. Yeah, and my dad was didn't like it, oh. and uh, so he didn't want to see me. So. You know, and that puts you in a state, of, a state of despair. Yeah, I mean, the idea that your father is like so afraid of this thing is like, you know. And, and what did that it, feel like for you? Being I left. in that state. What? What did that feel like being in that state of despair? With that, I was angry. I was upset that you know my dad was like this, but you know. And how did you over- did you overcome it? Yeah. How? How now, I drove Bronca? to Texas. What? I drove to Texas. And, and that brought you out of despair? For a little bit, yeah. Well, a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> and when you arrived to Texas, came back? Uh, then I went... <laughs> yeah, pretty much, because I came back to California, so... Yeah. Um, but, you know. Interesting. Have you ever thought about despair? Like, why, yeah. why is this... You never wonder about it. You think it's a, it's just the way life is. No. Oh, okay. All right. Um, 
Hassan, have you been in a state of despair before? No. You never experienced this, uh, that. How you avoid it? I don't know. I've never felt like. What'd you say? It was desperate, like that, de- like desperate. Despair. What's, what's like a, a broken down version of it? I can't tell you that. Like desperate. <laughs> was it like desperation for you? Excuse me. <laughs> when you uh, Hassan want to know, did it feel like desperation? So this is fellowship. So relax. Yeah. We're edifying one another. You don't get an aid. There's no wrong answer or anything. Did it feel like desperation? Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, to me, it was tied to fear. So. Oh, okay. You know. So yeah, it felt like desperation. <laughs> <laughs> no. You never experienced despair at all. Mm-mm. Really? <clears throat> nice. How do you avoid that? How did? How have you avoided it? I'm not sure. You're not sure? Oh, okay. Nick, you ever felt experienced desperation? Yes. What did it feel like? Like my world was coming apart. Meaning what? Because if I may explain, I guess. Um, if, uh, <laughs> shut up, Doug. Um, so what? When, like, for example, I, uh, I was on my <laughs> own pretty young. My uh, my mother left and kind of left me in like a like a weird position where the, the apartment was paid off for like a month and I was pretty much on my own and I kind of had to figure things out and so that like brought on a lot of stress and despair because my nice life was as nice as it could the life I had whatever right was the way it was and everything I expected was kind of shattered. So that was one instance of desperation. I remember, I remember years later when, sort of like waking up and stuff. I, I remember people started turning on me, friends and family, friends that I never expected ever. So that was another instance of like my world falling apart. I had an idea of what my life was like, an expectation, and of what what I had built around me in a sense, right. and that was coming apart. And so the despair <laughs> came from that, from losing that. And how did you, did you overcome it? Yeah. And I reali- well, I realized that those were instances of despair, but when I really reflected, I realized that I had like, a, like an underlying despair just beneath the surface pretty much all the time since I was like, since I could go as far back as I could remember uh. when I really reflected and thought about it. And then I, I, I went back to, like, you know, to the beginning, like, my family, how I was raised, and my father not being around, stuff like that. Oh, okay. And I realized how there was, like, an underlying despair, like, from the beginning. And so, um, yeah, coming to terms with that, forgiving, and other things. Do you ever experience despair now in life, or hmm. is it over? Yeah, it's pretty much oh, it's over. You don't it's experience over. it anymore? I think it could, I think you can experience a form of it and yet it's over because in reality there is no despair because it really is over in a sense there really never was a situation 
to be despaired about. And so if you ever do feel anything like that, it's because you're like, you're, you're, you've believed into a, a false reality. You've, you've uh, put importance into something that's not real, like friends or the things that make you feel despair if you lose them. Interesting. Do you promise not to, that you would never pay the rent and walk out on it? You don't have to answer that. Don't answer that. He doesn't want that mama experience again. <laughs> he, he's been traumatized. <laughs> pay attention. Um, okay. You experienced despair up. Yeah, when young, when I was younger. What did it feel like? Misery, um, no hope, uh, sadness, those type of things. And how did you deal with it, and did you overcome it? At the time, I didn't deal with it. I just wallowed in it, basically. What do you mean by that? You know, you'd, I didn't know how to deal with it, so I just... I was immersed in it. I was in it. There was no getting out of it in that sense because I didn't know how to deal with it. Oh, okay. And so did it come back during your lifetime? Have you experienced this being older and all that? No. You, you haven't, haven't experienced it anymore? I haven't experienced it. Oh, okay. Amazing. Um, have you experienced despair? Right here, yeah. Um, yeah, I have when I was younger. And were you how old? Uh, when I was like 11 or 12. Really? Mm-hmm. At 11 and 12, you experienced it? And what was it like? It, was, uh, it wasn't good, but now I realize it's like I'm kind of grateful for all those moments, you know? And so it felt like what at the time? Do you uh, remember? Lonely. Um, my parents were getting separated, so it was all that drama that goes into that so I just felt like you know you're just being pulled both ways and I don't know you just feel like on your own and then you I kind, of, kind of took like the mother role to my siblings so it's just kind of I don't know like I didn't have anybody as a child to lean on you know as an adult have you experienced it uh yeah I have and what did it feel at what age around about uh, well, I moved away from my family at 18, and then I was kind of like, you know, just a young, dumb girl just going out and whatever. And so I you can just see you out there being all fast. Yeah, and just a mess, really, you know. <laughs> Can't you and, see her at the club? Oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, okay. And so you just, you know, I mean, you just. You don't realize what you're doing. And so what did despair feel like as an adult for you? I I would say just empty. I just... And how did you deal with it? You probably went, to the went club? out again. So what? Probably went out again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, have you experienced it lately in life? No, not really. Oh, okay. Have you overcome? I realize it's just from anger. Oh, okay. All that is just from anger. I mean, just because, you know, you find something to make you feel good or numb it or whatever. Amazing. And the young lady behind, she's been through it, too. You, you had your hair, right? Um, 
Yeah, I've experienced despair. What did it feel like? Um, hopeless. Hopeless? And what else? And what does hopeless feel like? Hopeless. Um, feels like there's no point to anything. Yeah. Like you, there's no really purpose. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. And did you overcome it? Yes. How? Uh, definitely by realizing I needed for, to forgive and then going and forgiving. And so have you experienced it lately or since being an adult? No, it was just more like in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, um, it basically just like your thoughts. Like, I used to get like suicidal thoughts. Like, I would never act yeah. on them. Like, I was just like, uh, but like, I did identify with them. But like, before I didn't even know that's what I was doing. But it did feel like they're coming from myself. Yeah. You know, I Absolutely. just, I just kind of felt like, um, why am I doing that to myself? You know, and it, it was just kind of like there was no way out. And, and so it, you felt like committing suicide? Well, I, I didn't feel like Satan it. Satan told you, you might as well go and die. Yeah, I Nobody was just cares. like, I was just like, it would, things would be a lot easier. Cause I, and then I'd be like, well, I wouldn't really have to deal with anything. Right. But um, That's I, I don't know point. what kind of logic that was. But <laughs> Satan tell you, you know, in that moment of despair, you might as well go and kill yourself. It's easier. And now you wake up in hell, there ain't no way out. He made a fool out of you again. Uh, and so how did you overcome it? Um, well, because, like, I've never really been a judgmental person. Yeah, you right. Know? Well, I mean, I feel like I haven't. <laughs> you know, or, like, I, I mean, I just didn't really, like, you know, bother too much. But um, so it was hard for me to, like, when I, like, learned you how to forgive, it was hard for me to kind of realize it. But I realized there was, I did kind of hate my stepdad my whole life. So, and then I was just like, well, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. I was just like, just one? You can't even get away with just one. <laughs> I thought I could just maybe just hate one person. <laughs> That's amazing. Nice. Uh, you ever experienced despair, Hermes? And I can't wait to ask this young man way over here. Um, you know, at first when you said it, I didn't really understand what despair meant, but the one word that I connected it to was hopelessness right. when she mentioned it. So yeah. I would say no, I've never felt that. You've never experienced despair No, I've had some downtimes, but never, never like despair or hopeless. Really? How have you avoided it? Just never had it. I always felt like, even at my lowest moment, I never felt like it couldn't get better. Or, you what know, did the lowest kinda, moment feel like? What's that? At your lowest moment, what did that feel like? Um, hmm. That's a good question, man. I don't know. Um, I have to think about it a little bit. But probably, uh, I don't know. Nothing comes to mind. You don't remember what the lowest moment was? I don't, was? yeah. Oh, okay. You ever felt despair, Francisca? I have. And what did it feel like? Um, it was emptiness. It was uh, alone by myself. Uh, felt like a victim. Pressure put upon me. Uh, my father uh, he really got on me. So You were a kid? 
Yeah. Uh, have you felt that as an adult? I have. I've uh, gone through despair. You know, I, I think a lot of it is because I've uh, kind of fallen away from God onto my own way of doing things, and then uh, then I I feel that emptiness and that loss and pain, and so that's the wrong path to be taken. So, yeah. And how did you overcome it? Did you overcome it? Uh, yeah, you know, um, you know, I found God, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I found God, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Let me ask, have you ever experienced despair? Me? No, you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've had two experiences. Uh, sorry. I've had two experiences uh, recently. I'll tell you the most recent one, but I got over it pretty quickly. The previous one, it took a while. The f- second one... I mean, the first one, I guess, was uh, on January 27th of 2022. I found out my brother, my youngest brother died. And I held grudges for, I held grudges for quite a long time with him. So I hadn't seen him for, I guess, 10 plus years. So I found out he died. The cause, he didn't, there's no, like, foul play or no suicide, but there's going to be an autopsy to determine if he had excess drugs. And if he had excess drugs, he obviously committed suicide. That will be like, I don't know, in, in March of 2022 or April 22. I don't know when. When They said one or two months. He, and he died in Vancouver. His name was Kyle. And I got the call from my brother in Canada. And he, I said, first thing I screamed out, when I got the call was, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then my brother says to me, you know, like, we're like 11, 12 years younger than our younger brother. And we he said, I thought we had more time. And obviously, we didn't have more time. I mean, the lesson I learned from that is try not to hold grudges on people that are 40-plus years old because they could go at any time. <laughs> That's right. Right? And so, so listen, so you felt despair behind that? I felt that? despair for a few days. What did it feel like? Uh, like I screwed up big time. And I, it was, I should have forgiven my youngest brother. I never had a fight with him, but we, we had some arguments and, I never made contact with him. You know, because, oh, I'll take care of it later. I'll take care of it later. I'll take care of it later. And then, uh, so, but I'm pretty well, I mean, I know today's the 6th of February, so I'm, I'm pretty well over it. But so this my happened last day, month. What? This happened last month, you said? Yeah, January 27th. Oh, okay. Yeah, he died six, the six, 16th of January, but I didn't know that. Right. It just my brother informed me on the 27th, and I had, I was completely despondent, right? I was like, what? Our youngest brother died? And there's no cause of death. Like, I mean, we don't know the cause of death. He, they found him asleep in a, in a care home, you know, because he had, and that was even, even sadder was that my youngest brother supposedly, I, my brother told me this, I was like traumatized when he told me this. He goes, by the way, bro, just thought I'd let you know, you know, there was a police report in 2018 with, with Kyle. I goes, what? What do you mean, police report with Kyle? What do you mean? 
He goes, oh, he had traumatic brain injury. I goes, what? Well, he was walking in downtown Vancouver, and somebody beat the living crap out of him. He goes, what do you mean? Somebody punched him and kicked him in the head se- severely. So he had to be put in a nursing home. So he's so in a nursing home in Vancouver. And I was hey, like, okay. hey, come back. Okay, the second thing is so the suicide ask, thing. So the first time you felt this despair, did you overcome it? I... I overcame it, this one, because I... How did you overcome it? Because I realized our family is insanely dysfunctional. And, <laughs> I, and, and I realized I, I had to... In fact, it's funny, it's funny how you say that. How I overcame it because I forgave my brother, my oldest brother. Uh, him and, Ma, and me, Mike and me... Uh, he, he said, I'm going to forgive you because my bro- youngest brother died. And I goes, okay. And I'm going to forgive you because our youngest brother died. So we forgave each other on the phone. I'm like, that's interesting. I was but, like, okay. And then. And so you overcame that and then you fell so into it again later? What's that? And then you became, you fell into despair. You said it happened twice, right? The second time was the bad time. I was. During COVID, summer of 2020, I was unemployed for 138 days, and oh, I yeah. wanted to commit suicide. And yeah. one guy here, Richard, Richard, yeah. he helped me come in here, and he, this place, helped me turn around with the support of Richard and a few guys here, you know, Richard, Mello, um, yeah. TJ. What I did get, despair feel like for you? Despair, I was like. I mean, I was laying on my, the floor of my living room. I'm a, I'm a 60-year-old-plus man. I'm laying on the floor of the living room, and my neighbors are coming and going, what the hell are you doing L- laying on the floor? <laughs> and I'm going, uh, I don't know. And I would be laying on, on the carport, too, and neighbors would come by and go, what the hell's going on with you? And it's like, I didn't give a crap. I Like, I didn't give a crap. People are seeing me. Like, my neighbors are seeing me laying on the carport. I goes, oh, I need to get some sun. I'm sunbathing. <laughs> right, but I was, you know, just not something. I was despairing. Right, I was despairing big time. Amazing. And what you learned? Did you learn anything from that? You've been through I it twice. Learned later. that you got to keep trying, don't quit, and as long as you keep trying, you'll you'll bail yourself out. Keep and trying. And you have what? a support system around you as well, because no man's an island. The moment you go on an island, you're you're heading the road to suicide. And I was close to suicide. I mean, insanely close. They were telling you that you might as well die? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to. I mean, I was going to jump off the Santa Monica Cliffs, to be honest. You, oh, you know, okay. I, I already planned it, you know, and I was like, okay, where's my location? I scouted my location, actually. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is probably the best location. It's going to be brutal. I mean, I mean it's going to be <laughs> a 50-foot thud, but I, I'm gonna, this is guaranteed death. And yeah. I was thinking about, you know, jumping in front of a train, but all the trains were going so slow when they came to the station. I was like, I mean, they're going to stop before. And he goes, I'm going to survive this. Right, you know, and then um, oh, God. I, yeah, I'm not a gun owner. Otherwise, I would have done it and I wouldn't be here. If I, had, if, I was, if I was a gun owner, I'd be dead right now. I guarantee you, I would be dead right now. That's amazing you that you were right out of that, picking up I mean, possibilities. It's, I mean, it's February 2022, but if I was a gun owner, I would say... I would have died in June 2020, during like three months after COVID. 
Amazing. Because I, I definitely was suicidal in June. And, and so then, you, then Richard helped me out, like, I think it was like July 2nd. Yeah, I remember when you came in. Right, and, and then you, you talked to me and as well, and you, you gave me, you were like questioning me, and like, it was good, and you know, and then I had problems with my son, you know, Hunter, you know, it's like, I was like, Okay. Gosh, my 18 year old is disowning me, and no, there's no, you, all hey, my family is crapping uh, me. Okay, forget it. Yeah. Come back. But I came back. Okay. And so, I mean, through Bond and through the support system of you guys here, and never quitting, always looking for work. I kept looking for work, and I, every time I got an interview, it's like, oh my gosh, I got 16 interviews. Okay. I dropped it out, and then finally got an interview, and I got uh, a great right. job. Thank you. Oh, sorry about that. You're making me despair right now. No, no. <laughs> sorry about that. No, man. Okay, have, sorry. No, no problem. I'm joking. Have you ever experienced despair? Yeah, uh, yeah 100%. And, and what did it feel like going through it? What was it like? Uh, it just it feels like uh, just walls closing in on you. You're kind of like at a point where you're like, you, you think you're at a dead end. You're like, damn, I made a wrong turn here. And uh, for me, that was... Did you say damn? Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. That's all right. We just said church. <laughs> <All> right, <cool. laughs> we just said church. I, I was <laughs> like, no. Uh, but getting back to it... Come as you are. For, for, me, for me, that was when I was in, I was in school. And uh, I was like at a point where I was pretty much flunking out. And I was, it was like in, in college. And I was like, wow, like this, this whole perception, you know, that I had of myself. I'm like, damn, this is... This is all going out the window, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like you're just thinking of like, you know, you think of wow, like, you know, the money I was gonna earn or whatever. You of all the stuff that you had kind of built into this this thing, right? Yeah. Of like who you were, and you're just kind of like, wow, like this is this is all going out the window. <laughs> like, what now? <laughs> you know? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. 100%. And how did you deal with it when you were going through it? How did yeah. you deal with it? Uh, I just had to. I don't know. I just have to resign to, to, to like, uh, uh, just come clean with myself and be like, okay, cool, that's fine. You know, uh, I'm gonna do something else. I'm gonna, you know, move into something else, and uh, and we'll take it from there. You know, not, not uh, like quite funny enough. That was probably the first time in my life where before I had even heard about you and stuff like that, where I was like, okay, I'm gonna kind of like do something without a plan. Yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead and do something. Like I have no option. I got nothing to lose. I'm already in this situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you're like, yeah. And you just like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something about it. Nice. Yeah. And have you experienced since then? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, when you get when you get uh, caught into into those same modes of thinking, kind of. Yeah. Where uh, certain things you you kind of you have expectations of certain things uh, or, um, you know, I don't know, just certain certain mindsets you kind of have of certain things and you don't realize that you, you're kind of getting caught in them. Yeah. You're getting ca- kind of caught in certain things and you're like, oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, because like you say, when it's like when you make something, it always happens when you're like, when you make something too important. You're like, okay, wow, I, that yeah, that's too important for me. That is making me feel... You know, you know, a certain type of way about yeah. myself, and uh, and then yeah, you just kind of, uh, I don't know. They kind of cut, not that not that you're in despair every day, but it's like 
certain things, you know what I mean? Like certain things, they come in waves a little bit. Like certain things, you're like, okay, cool, I'm too attached to that. And you kind of just, I don't know, kind of check yourself and, okay, we're going to move differently. Oh, no. Yeah. Have you ever experienced despair? Yes, I have. And what was it like for you? For me, it was like I was drowning. Like you were drowning? Yes. Meaning what? Meaning that the feelings of despair or the hurt, the pain, it was just so overwhelming that I literally felt like I was drowning in all of it. Yeah. And how did, did you overcome it? With time. So you just, meaning what? Um, looking back on it, just time, time, oh, I mean, time helped me. You just kind of, you forgot it after a while. I didn't forget it. However, just time every day, every day I just, I believe I grew stronger. When the last time you experienced despair? Probably that was the last time. Oh, okay. Yes. Amazing. I didn't allow myself to ever feel that way. You did not allow it? No. Why not? I didn't like the way I felt. Oh, you didn't like the way I felt? Yeah. Amazing, huh? Yes, it is. The growth is amazing. It was what? The growth is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Dave, you had a, a question about that? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's super chats about despair. Okay. So uh, JD gave a super chat on YouTube and said um, about despair, it's the feeling of the absence of God. And Coldberger Art said, despair is great. It clearly shows you internally what life is like without God. And Freedom Loving Americans said, At my lowest point of despair, I got through it by laying face down on the floor and saying to God, I'm your child. If you don't help me, I have no hope. Amazing. And then there was a person, Nate Wittenberg, who said, I felt despair when I lost something. I didn't think I could live on without it. Uh, Interesting. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, The one thing I want to say And it's so important that you pay attention to yourself and what's going on. It really, really is. And God wants you to pay attention so he can help you. Because if you don't keep your eyes on yourself, you're not going to make it. The world is never going to change. It is never going to change. Out there, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And they love sucking the life out of you, bringing misery upon you. That's how it stays alive. And it's not going to get better. So y'all might well pack up and go home and wait to die. No, I'm playing. <laughs> uh, it's not going to get better. But, and if you really pay attention, you're going to see that it's not going to get better. And I, I talk with people that gone through despair and going through it now. And I've gone through it, but I didn't understand it at the time. I, I remember I told you about one time I was living in Oregon and I was working this job and I used to just go home and just fall out on the couch. Remember we were talking about that? Anybody heard me say that? I could not move. You know, I couldn't eat dinner or anything. And so I was like, you know what, God, apparently you want me going through this, so whatever, right? And it was like, what all of you have said, you just didn't know what to do with yourself. You had this gripping pain, crazy thoughts, and it just seemed like, like and then Satan, it gets so bad that Satan will whisper to you, he might well go and die. He ain't worth it. It's not. It's better dead, right? And and 
and it's a it's an awful feeling. It's a horrible feeling. And I've been talking to people this week about, you know, they were counseling with me or whatever, right, about despair. And everybody experienced it at some point. You may not recognize, but you are experiencing despair. You know what I mean? And despair is something that everyone have to go through if you want to die in order to live. You must die. Despair comes from having a, a false image of yourself. Really. It's all ego and it's a false image of yourself. And if anyone tamper with that image, you can't handle it. You, you either create another, it's like a, a jealous person, an envious person, right? A jealous person know that they're jealous and envious and they try to hurry people out of jealousy. But rather than t- admitting it and dying from it, they'll go out and pretend to be a nice person. And everybody starts seeing them as a nice person, so they'll create another image of themselves, which is yet another false image, because they don't want to face that image of being jealous. But if they face that image of being a jealous, envious person, they would die from it. But the death is so rough, they don't, they don't want to do it, because it's like if you die from it, you don't have anything left. If you die from your false image, it feels like you have nothing left, and you don't. You really have nothing left. You got to die from that false image of being nice, or being jealous, or being this, or being rich, or being pretty, or handsome, or whatever. All those images are false, and they're keeping you away from life. They're keeping you away from God. And the world is all about false images. They create words that give a false image. I, I heard this morning that that guy, Joe Rogan, his name Joe Rogan, right? And I just heard about this this morning that apparently that they put out there that he is a racist or something like that because he used the word. Did y'all hear about that? That he used the word racist over the past years. And now, and now he, huh? The N-word. The N-word. I mean, yeah, not, not racist, but N-word. The racist word is fine. N-word is bad. And, uh, and now they're trying to punish him for saying the N-word. And he has apologized for it, for saying it. And I'm like, I was stunned that they had done that to him and that he apologized. To apologize for something like that is your downfall. It's the beginning of the downfall. Really. It's just a word. God said that we offend one another, go to the source and forgive and be done with it. Let it die. It doesn't tell you you got to apologize to the word, to the world for a word. But Joe, he has a false image of himself. And I don't know what that is, but if he didn't have that image, he would not have apologized. Because it's not his fault that somebody else hurt by a word. You dumb for being hurt by a word. I saw this old movie the other day and they were talking about Words and it was old, and the father said to the son, "Cause the son asked the father, how do you feel about what they're doing to you?" He like, "Son, sticks and stone may break my bone, but word will never hurt me." And it used to be that growing up when I was growing up, words are not supposed to hurt you, but if you have a false image of yourself, 
then you will be wiped out because that's how people will destroy you with your image. And so when you are going through what is called depression, uh, I mean, yeah, what I call it? Despair. What? Despair. 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 I saw like Joe Biden. What? <laughs> <laughs> so when you are going through despair, do not reach out for anything on the outside. Reach out for no help at all. Don't reach out for advice. Don't reach out for help. Don't reach out for a drink. Don't reach out for a cigarette. Don't reach out for sex. Reach out for nothing. And let that false image die. Because that's what is dying. This false image of yourself. Oh, I have fear. I have doubt. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not whatever, right? You have to let that die. And that's what's dying is that false image that you have of yourself. And it feels like you're dying. Really, it feels like the whole world has turned against you and you're dying. But you got to go through that and then you will rise up and live. It's like Christ went deep down in hell. And that's what you're going into, hell. It's total hell. That's why Satan's talking to you and everything. Because that image of him that you have on yourself is dying. It's not bad. I want to advise you to go. Don't take... You know how you run to a psychiatrist or something? Oh, I feel so like I want to die. I feel depressed. I feel um, suicidal thoughts and all that, right? Let that happen. I feel despair because all they're going to do is throw a medication in your mouth and you're prolonging something that needs to happen. You really are because at some point you're still going to go through that. Well, you won't go through it because you keep reaching out for help. But you're going to experience that because it's all spiritual. And you have the wrong spiritual image of yourself. All of us. And until you go through it, and that's why I say, let it happen. Let life just happen. Don't fight against it at all. Resist the fight of fighting back. And you'll see, you will die from that false image and you'll wake up and live. Then you will have the right relationship in the world. The world is crazy. It's going crazy and getting worse. But if you die from this false image of yourself, it won't bother you at all. That's the only way you're going to be able to deal in this world. Because the world is not going to change, but we can all change. We don't have to stay the way we are. And then we could be in it, but not of it. You'll have perfect peace, and you will have no image of yourself. You won't worry about what type of image someone else has of you. It will not matter because you've died from it. So you got to let yourself go through that and stop running away from it. You're just setting yourself up for another day to be destroyed. And you'll enjoy life. Your talent will come forth. You will see that God is with you. Then you start trusting God because just like you trust Satan now and trying to save yourself from despair, God will reach in and help you in the moment that you die. And he'll bring you back to life. But you got to die from it. Despair is dying. That's why I feel like death. Because the ego is dying. They're not you. This false image that you have. We ain't nothing. We really are nothing. We just have a false image of being something. And we're trying to protect this thing that we're not. And because you have a false, we have a false image of ourselves. We don't want anyone else to see that we are nothing. We, we don't want that to be shown. So 
every human being go through this. Not one that's not, don't, you know, have to go through it because we're all born in sin. But you got to overcome any image of yourself. And don't worry about what someone else thinks. Don't fight against it. Let it happen. Get up and do what you got to do during the day. Wash your face, comb your hair. Don't look all pitiful like, oh, Lord. You don't want anyone to feel sorry for you. You don't want anything. You want to die from this false image. And once you die, I'm telling you, that's what this whole thing is about. Despair is about fighting for a false image of yourself. And that's why I said uh, any image about Christ, any image that you learned about God and Christ, about Christianity, any, anything you read in the Bible, even this truth that you hear right now about letting this thing die, don't hold on to that. Hold on to nothing. Because anything that you hold on to will give you a false image. Anything. anything I don't care what it is. Anything you hold on to will give you a false image, and you'll start protecting that and try to live from that and put that out there, and you're setting yourself up to be destroyed. You're not going to make it in the world unless you overcome this false image. Everybody has some type of image of themselves, and it's not real. Isn't that amazing? What are y'all thinking? <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh-huh. A man can put on earrings and feel pretty. I don't see anybody winning there. I just thought about it. And they can feel like, they can feel like they're, I think they feel, I don't know what they feel when those things are. But <laughs> it gives them a false image of self and they'll get old with an earring on. Because if they took their earring off, they're taking off that image that they have. You know what I mean? Isn't that amazing? That's like amazing. A woman can get be pretty while she's growing, young lady, pretty, and she has this image of herself. She's just beautiful, right? In her mind. She looks all right. But, <laughs> but she can have this image and then as she gets older, seem to tell her, Oh, you're not that pretty anymore. Look at you, you're flabby. Your nose not right. The guys are not looking at you. And she'll go have surgery. And now she look like a, a case. <laughs> Where she looked fine the other way. It just, she had an image. And she was losing that image. You try to protect that image. Does this make sense? You must not have any, you're not even supposed to have an image of God. So you're definitely not supposed to have one of yourself. You're not God. Have no image of anything. Just live your life. But you got to die in order to do that. You got to let yourself go through this despair moment. And it definitely feels, and then once you go through it, you become more alert, you become more aware, you, your consciousness rise, and now you're looking down at the darkness rather than into it, rather than it guiding you. But you got to go through that. That's what's happening. Your ego is dying. This false self-image. And everybody has an image of themselves. You can tell when, when somebody asks you, oh, how do I look in this jacket? <laughs> you put a jacket on, everybody got to say it look good before you keep it. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? You don't just buy the jacket because you like it and put it on, right? You got to see what somebody else think about it. 
And if they don't give you a good image of it, you're not going to get it most of the time. Yes, sir. What do you think about that? Uh, well, I definitely think you're you're right. I think you're spot on. Um, I know that listening to everyone talk about despair and thinking while they're talking of my own experiences and things like that, it, it definitely... Now I have the advantage because I heard what you said, but I definitely yeah. saw the... Uh, I definitely had a false image of myself, whether it started young, uh, and then I continued to, I guess, kick the can down the road through each of these tragic moments that we all experience. You know, yeah. We all know everyone experiences them, but mine was this horrible thing and then this other horrible thing, and like you hear about it from someone or you share with someone, and maybe they re- receive it in a way where all they think they had more pain than me. Yeah. And uh, I guess like that false image that you're trying to outrun... It kind of feels like you're in a, kind of feels like you're in a boat with a hole in it, and you got like a bucket. And you're trying to just shovel out the the water so that you can stay afloat. That is so true, man. But you really just gotta like let it go, and then you could swim. I know the ocean's vast. It seems like you drown, you could drown or fail, but I guess when you let go, and that's when I remembered things got better. I didn't know it was God yet, but when I let go, I had a very serious ego death, and I don't really need to go backwards because it yeah. happened. And um, I didn't know at the time, but I look back now and, you know, I guess if you don't get the message and you can't hear the message because of the thoughts and the chaos you're comfortable living in, yeah. I, I mean, I feel blessed because I look back now and I feel like the worst moment in my life was really because I didn't listen to the messages God was sending me and then one day he was kind enough to pluck me out. Yeah. The one thing I noticed about self-image images is that most people never overcome the self-image what they do is create another image they don't overcome that original one they create another one if someone thinks that you're a bad person now you gotta you instead of overcome that oh yeah you know seeing that and dying from it you create a nice image instead of overcoming and then someone say that oh that's a nice person then you love that until someone else comes along to say that niceness is phony. Now you got to create another image. You go back to being bad or, you, or something else. You got to completely stop building images of yourself. And if you pay attention, this is so important. This is why it's so important that you pay attention. Know thyself. I had no idea that I would grow into all this. But I did know that you're supposed to know yourself. Keep an eye on yourself. So thank God I've been doing that. You're going to discover the depths of wickedness inside of you. And, and deceit and uh, pretense and God-like personality. And you say you believe in God, but you really don't. Because if you believe in God, you will let all this stuff die. So you can start believing it. Because he will come in and he will become your God. And he will guide you. But right now, Satan is guiding you about with this image of yourself, with all kind of stuff, right? And God will save you from that if you just let go, be all in so that he can take over. The problem is most people don't be all in so that he can take over. They don't. They don't go all the way with it. They'll try, but some of the things will come and they'll scare them and they back out. That's why God said only a few is going to find that straight and narrow path. Who is who? Nobody want to die from a false image. You don't want to experience uh, that kind of feeling. 
Because if you did, you would go through it. You would really go through it. But you you get to a certain point with it, then you reach out for something. And you feel better. You have a moment of pleasure. And that's all Satan is saving you from it, not God. And then you say, oh, I believe in God. But which God are you believing in? The one you reached out to or the one that reached out to you once you let go? And just let life happen. Let yourself go through what you got to go through. It'll pass through you and you'll be free. You know what I mean? What do you think about this? In the shirt, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I like the point about like narrow narrow is the road and yes. finding that road. And somebody, I think you mentioned ego death. And, and a lot of times the solution to one ego death is like find another ego thing yeah. to replace it. And that's what I find myself regularly doing to like, you know, you feel despair, but then it's like, oh, well, I can kind of get back to normal, quote unquote. Um, so I think that to me, that idea of ego death is what I have to, that, that for me is very on point right now. <laughs> you know, I have to just not, not, um, not try to find that, like you said, find that, that some replacement I can just grab. Right. Because that's what I always want to do. Yep. Everyone does that. Everyone. They'll find something else and pretend that it's God. And they're pretending that it's God because they feel better. You know, the ego is not like dying because you put, replaced it with something else. You can't replace it with anything. You must let it die. And it feels like in your mind, in the mind and in the body, the pain is so great. It feels like it's you, but it's not you dying. This is false perception. Ain't nobody no good. <laughs> That's black. <laughs> it's like when you were saying the thing about the job thing, right? That was your dying moment. And if you had just gone through that and let that, you know, die through it and not felt like, oh, something else can replace it, a better job, or, and you would have gotten rid of that false image of yourself. And then you wouldn't have to go through that. But because we pile up so many false images, just think about it. You could get a new car and feel like you own the world. My, I, I remember when I was teaching my godson how to drive. And so I'm, I'm letting him drive. And he's driving. He finally got it right a little bit. Instead of keeping his eye on the road, he's looking around to see who's looking at him. I'm like, boy, what you doing? He's like, I want to see who's looking at me driving. All ego. You know what I'm saying? Want to be seen. When you die, you don't want to be seen. You don't not want to be seen. You don't identify what you have or don't have. You don't identify with other people. You wish everybody well, but you don't identify with them. If, a, if you lose anything, it, it's not a big deal anymore because you have no identity to that. Your identity will be as close it is to God as it is to Satan right now. And then God will give you his identity, and his identity is love, so your identity is coming from love, so you cannot identify with anything of the world. And if Satan does try to treat you with us, you'll see it, and you'll overcome it. You won't judge yourself, you won't feel shame or anything, because the light will cause you to see it, and you're like, well, I should have listened to the devil. You would just know it wouldn't be a big deal. What the? What do you think about that? 
And then I want to hear from you because about your brother. I want to mention that. Go ahead. Uh, that, no, that's real deep. I mean, it just again confirmation that everything's a fraud. Everything's fake. Everything is fake. Uh, everybody you come it's in contact all ego. with. Uh, and I, what I realize more and more is that people don't think for themselves anymore. They just kind of repeat what information is thrown at them without even yeah. breaking it down or having their own thought process. And like how you said, so consciously you're looking kind of like down in a way because their frequency, it's, they're not really all there. They're, 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 they're not, you got to pay attention to yourself. You got to keep your eyes on yourself. People are so easy to distract. It's mind blowing to me. They can act like they know God. They're saying all the right words. They're saying what the preacher said. They're everything. And then all of a sudden they're gone. They're, they're back in hell. It was never real. Yeah, it just. Really, it was never real. It was just ego learning. That's all that it was. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, know, like how you were saying about the, you know, what was it? The de desperation? I forgot what it was. Despair? Yes. Uh, it's ultimate chaos uh, because, again, how in the super chats, it's evil basically because with God, you have the faith to get through anything. Nothing but life. Um, and you, you compare that to where, like, for example, how, how long are you going to suffer uh, when you're talking about society? How long are we all going to suffer collectively till we all decide to say, you know what? This isn't right. Yeah. When are we going to just go decide and go with what's good? And we all understand that God's won the war, the spiritual war, a long time ago. At some point, you got to pull away from the crowd. And when I say pull away, stop identifying with them. You know, it doesn't mean you don't hang out sometimes. And, but once that death happened, you're being to hang out with people in the right way. You're being able to dress in the right way. You want to identify with the way you dress. You're being able to have a car or whatever you want. Eat, and you have a totally different relationship with it. You will get no identity from it at all. Not one iota. And you will have an amazing life. Because you'll be in the world but not of it. You're not getting this identity from the world. Like with your music thing that's coming. When it happens, be grateful, but don't identify with it. Because if you do, you use the N-word, the first thing they're going to do is go after your music. And you said the N-word 100 years ago, right? When it was okay to say it. And, and, and they'll they find the N-word, oh, Especially when you look like you're doing well and having fun and being free. They'll say, oh, he said the N-word a hundred years ago. And they'll bring it out and try to destroy you with it. And if you become afraid of that and run from them and try to apologize, they know they got you. They absolutely know they got you. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, when I had a brother that died a couple of years ago now. And, yeah, right there. And I... Um, it was after God brought me out and, you know, woke me up. Younger brother or older brother? Younger. Okay. And I had been talking to him about his anger and he needed to get over it. And he was in, drinking a lot and all that kind of stuff, right? And so when they called me and told me years later that he died, I was like, yeah, I knew he was going to die. I didn't go into despair. And I had not seen him because he died. I believe he died at home by himself. I think his wife had broken up or something. And so he was still, he was maybe in his 30s or 40s. And so that's not normal to go into despair because someone died. And maybe you have the guilt of not forgiving him, saying, I'm sorry for this. Maybe that's what caused you to feel that way. Yeah, I definitely have guilt about 
yeah, not forgiving him. I have insane guilt about it. There is no reason to feel guilty. Yeah. It's like, guilt, I mean, he's 50 feeling, years old, and he shouldn't have died at 50, you know. That's not up to you. How are you going to say he should have died at 50? Well. He died when he died. Yeah, yeah. You weren't yeah. in control of his life? Yeah, I just thought I had, like my brother, my, my, my second brother said, I, I thought we had more time to make up. And, you know. No, and that's we, not. But even didn't, if you, I didn't forgive quick enough. Even if you had gone and forgiven him. I would have felt better. Beforehand. So, I would have right. felt better. So I should have like, forgiven. It's not, I screwed up. It's not like you care that he died. You just feel guilty for not forgiving him. I, no, I. Uh huh. I, I, I feel sad that he died because I made, he never got to see my, my 19 year old son. But you feel guilty that you didn't, so the guilt is coming from not saying I'm sorry for resenting you. It's not coming from the fact that he died. Oh, this, I think it's two things. You're guilty that he died? I, I, I mean, I feel, well, because I wanted to see him. I tried to connect last summer. I know, but are you feeling guilty that he died? You had nothing to do with his death. I think, okay, I think, okay, like, I feel that if I had forgiven him, he that still would have died. he wouldn't be in this situation where he would be in... I don't know what happened. But why you do know? you feel that way? Because it was on him. It if was, you haven't given him, you would have gone free, but he would still be in his same situation if he didn't drop the anger. That's tr- true, but if I made the initial no move, but. if I made the initial move of forgiving, I think he would have come back. You don't know that. You're in your head thinking that. I, I don't know if he would have forgiven my, my brother Mike, because Mike had a big fight with him in well, his no, 30s. No, let's come back to you. Forget about Mike. Okay. You, stay with me. Stay with me. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah. ADD, I guess. You, you are believing this lie that uh, if I had forgiven him, he would have lived longer. And I, if yeah, I had forgiven him. But that, your resenting him had nothing to do with his death or his life. His resentment had everything to do with his own life. So if you had forgiven him and he had not forgiven you, he would still be dead. That's true. So, so That's guilt, true. He would have had to forgive me. Yeah, your guilt is not coming from him dying. Your guilt is coming from you judging yourself that you did not forgive. And that's Satan playing a game because God is not judging you for that, but Satan is judging you for that. And you have a false guilt because you have a false image of yourself. It's enough to know, wow, I should have forgiven, but no big deal. God is not judging you. Satan is judging you. I guess I'm thinking like I'm a bad brother for not forgiving. That's what Satan wants you to think from this bad image. You have this wrong image of yourself. You can't have no image of self, folks, if you want to be free. And psychologically free. Because you're going to always have to deal with issues in the world, right? But just think about that. You could get to a point where you to deal with issues of in life and think nothing about it. Think nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. Isn't that a, like an amazing way to live? You could, whatever issues come, if you had no image of it or of yourself and, and a free mind, you'd be able to deal with anything and, and go to bed and, and sleep like 
a baby at night. But if you have an image of it or an image of yourself, you're not going to get any rest. You got to let go all your false images. And everybody got a bucket loads of them. So you may die from one or two at one time and it'll come back again about this other image that you have. But because you've died from that one image, it may you it prepares you to die from the next image and the next image until after a while you have none. You'll be ready for it. Yes, sir. I have a question. Like I'm obviously trying to go to my brother's funeral in in Canada, Vancouver, and this COVID nineteen has been driving me insane and uh so I didn't get the vaccine, and I have all these issues, and I'm getting a personal compassionate letter through the Canadian government, not through the U.S. here, because for attending my brother's funeral on – it was supposed to be Tuesday. Now it's February 10th, whatever. But anyway, so I was supposed to fly today at 1 o'clock, and my brother delayed. He goes – What are you looking at right now? Right now I'm look- – uh, well, sorry. I mean like I'm – So you like talking to me like this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm trying to, I guess, <laughs> I'm trying to collect my thoughts, I guess. But Keep your how eyes do I deal with hey, the possibility that I might me. not be hey, able to attend? Hey, hey. Calm down. Okay. Calm down. How do? <sighs> Don't look up. Okay. I'll... Don't look all to the side. Look at me. Give it a try. Just see what happens. Okay. How do I deal with the possibility that I might not be able to go to my brother's funeral if I don't get... Don't look up. Come back. Okay. If I don't look... If I don't get that letter from the... Fu- well, I do got... I've got the letter from the funeral director, but I don't know if the government's going to prove it in Canada. I'm uh, supposed to... It's supposedly they're going to prove it. He said, how do you deal with that? How do I deal with it if I won't... Can't make it to the funeral? Oh, I couldn't make it. May his soul rest in peace. Because he's not going to know if you come or not. Yeah, he, it's he's like, dead. It's not like he's going to wake up and say, oh, brother, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> they finalized the, the virus thing for you. Compassionate. You didn't make it. We should, you know, make his soul rest in peace. That's all to it. So I have to accept it. Yeah. It might happen. Absolutely. The, the, the Canadian it. government might say no. Your brother is not going to miss you not being there. But I will. Only because of your ego. Okay. Okay. That's all that that is. It's just a feeling. Even Christ said, let the dead bury the dead. So don't make it a big deal. If you go, fine. Go and enjoy. If you don't go, fine. Okay. It's just children of God should live that way. And you will once all this ego stuff die. Nothing is that serious. Well, there's only two brothers now, not three. And after a while, it'll be one. <laughs> yeah. I, and after a while, it'll be none. <laughs> Life goes on. Yeah, I, I thought I would be the first, but not, not my youngest. All egos think they're going to be first. <laughs> so get out of all that thinking, man. Yeah, I guess I'm overthinking my family. You are. And they don't like you anyway. Because we all hold grudges for five plus case. years. So, so why are you trying to, don't try so hard to go to the funeral. He had a grudge, remember? 
We all held grudges. Right. All three brothers. Right. So if you make it, fine. If you don't, fine. Put the money back in the bank and save it. Buy a house. Because yeah. you go to Canada, they might not let you come back over here. Well, I'm supposed to hit 14-day quarantine, but I'm going to leave after three days. <laughs> well, anyway, if you don't go, don't worry about it. Okay. All right? Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I guess I have to hit that acceptance. You need to come yeah. out of thoughts. Yeah, I guess I'm living in my head again. 100%. And yeah. say that you go going around in circles. Yeah, that's what Richard would tell me. He goes, stop living inside your head. Yeah. Stop living inside your head. It's going to destroy you. It really will. All right. Okay. Any question, because the time is up. Any question about the dying and the image thing? Any disagreement about that? Disagreement about the image? Well, I had a question about the image. Okay. Is, is it a false image to think that I don't have to forgive my parents? Like, if you yeah, say. Yeah, that's a false. All must forgive. Right. Otherwise, God's not going to. Allow you into the kingdom because I Be- felt like well, I was perfectly fine. What are you talking about? Why? Are you, why would I have to do what you say? Yeah. My life is fine. Without despair, it didn't seem like it was necessary. Well, everybody has despair, but they cover it up with something. They cover it up with food and friends and alcohol and drugs and parties and automobiles and being nice or being bad or all that kind of stuff. So everybody has it. Not one that doesn't have despair. Uh, they go to the psych. Stop going to these stupid counselors that give you medication with degrees. They have no sense. They go to the and get medication for depression. They call this something else other than what it is. So everybody has it. They're covering it up with one form or another. So then it's all denial. must die in order to live. Is it just denial to be yeah. like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine? Yeah, you're not fine. Okay. Yeah, that's totally denial. Absolutely, man. That's why you must know yourself. All right? Keep your eyes on yourself. Stay with the prayer. Stay with it no matter what. If everybody else want to stop, you, you stay on that straight and narrow path. Let them stop. Oh, yeah, fine. I wish you well out there in that hell. Uh, and you stay with the prayer. Don't resent. Don't resent. And you'll be fine. If you stay with yourself and watch yourself through all things, you're going to see wisdom come. You're going to see the things that you cannot see because your ego is in the way. You will see them. They will be shown to you. And then you will eventually have the right relationship with God. It won't be just words. You will live that way because you'll walk in the light. But you got to die, all right? Does this help a little bit? All right. So stay with the silent prayer. Let go of anger because if you hold on to anger, you will never know God. Satan pretend to be God. He will do everything God does, at least imitate it. It won't be real. It'll be fake. But you believe that you know God, and you don't. Because once you know God, you can't change. You can't be in and out. All right? So stay with the prayer. Watch yourself. And uh, if you need counsel, we have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. You can go online um, or call 800-411-BOND. We do it by Skype, right, TJ? Skype or phone or walk-in with appointments. All right? Um, any announcement, Ermis? And thank you all for tithing and offering your support to Barn. 
I do appreciate it. And we'll keep you updated on the move that we're going to make unless things change to uh, Florida. All right. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. We'll get to your Super Chastity Lives tomorrow. And thank you all for coming. I hope this helped a little bit. All right. So we'll...